yeah um yeah everything's pretty standard here uh we've got judgment now we have you might think that there'd be a bit of timey wiveness on this one because uh, obviously they jump back and there's like yes. look backs and stuff. But uh, I've got various reasons that I'm not counting it as us seeing reality. And I'll probably okay. bring that up when we actually go through it because it has to be reality. And I kind of feel like these are testimonies. These are like memories. So yeah. there's a bit of fallibility. Certainly Juris is one that's completely made up. But yeah. I think there's there's compelling evidence to think that Archer's testimony isn't actually the whole truth as well. Um, yeah. And I, I want to put it past you and see if, I, if I'm right. If not, I will read out all the timestamps. And then if anyone wants to go back and then actually edit that in, by all means. <laughs> uh, but I'm not doing it this week. Uh, <laughs> you can judge me all you want, yeah. uh, which is a compelling thing because it's judgment. It is. Yeah, there we go. Right. OK, so let's start the episode. Space time. The ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. I am your host, Dan. We are in Chrono Date Season 3, Episode 45, and this is Season 2, Episode 19 of Enterprises. We are in judgment, saying goodbye to the year 2152 yes. and hello 2153 in weeks to come. We may be taking a little break for something else coming up as well. Uh, but I've, as always, I'm not alone. I am one host who's called Dan, and we've got another host who's also called called dan amazingly crazy absolutely the universe is is a strange thing isn't it mm, exactly but what does that make us well it makes us Dan. but who would have thought that two dans would come together exactly. to produce this podcast it's it's the, the chances what are the chances <laughs> i mean i don't know if we get a third one is that like the end of the universe is there some sort of prophecy yeah, connected yeah, to this absolutely. Yeah. Too many Dans in a pot. I don't know how that works, but yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, uh, you're all good. We've caught up. I probably will keep that beginning bit in there because it's, it's always nice to have a little bit of a gym wag. Um, <laughs> but Judgment, is this judgment, one that yeah. stays in the memory banks? Is it a, not necessarily a favourite, but one that you remember? No, not really. Although when I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, I know this one. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't one that I sort of would would leap to mind as a as a season two episode if you know what I mean. I wouldn't when I'm thinking about it, I haven't thought, oh yeah, that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've just blanked it a little bit. <laughs> you know, yeah. to, to preempt my my uh, thoughts oh. on the episode. <laughs> we'll leap straight to the judgment at the end. That's fine. You just do the ratings and then that's it. We're out. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm exactly the same. I remember there's a JG Hertzler as a Klingon mm. episode, um, and I always kind of feel like it should be season four, like there should be something else. I mean, and I knew that Duras is going to be someone who comes back later in this season because it sets up season three and, and everything yep. like that. Um, but I didn't really place it this early in season two. I thought it was almost right at the very end. It was almost mm. the second to last episode. Um it's quite unusual to think that it's slap bang in the middle. Um, 
it's all right. You know, it's as I put in our little title for the meeting, it's uh, Judgment, a.k.a. Star Trek Six, the prequel. This is the problem. That's it. It's too much of the yeah. of maybe fan service coming into discussions we've had about some of the, the latest Trek where some scenes maybe feel like it's just a bit of too much pandering. There's too many words spoken in this episode that are like just lines lifted out of the script for Star Trek Six. <laughs> Like they weren't really making a script; they were just trying to figure out ways to make that work. I don't think it's fan service. I think it's lazy. <laughs> to be brutally honest with you, I mean it makes sense to a degree because of of um, Archer's interactions with the Klingons. It's been a bit up and down, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But you know, choose a different penal colony. Choose you know, yep. do you know? Do you know what I mean? Just yeah, too close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I had the exact same thought when when they said Ruripentes. Like, is that the only yeah. mining penal colony that they have? I mean, it kind of makes sense now that when we do get to Star Trek Six and they say, "Oh, I've heard all the stories." Well, of course, you know they learned about Archer's adventures in Starfleet and all this sort of stuff. Um, but as we'll probably get to, didn't seem that bad as mining colonies <laughs> go. No. I didn't see anyone die. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, maybe I'm an appeaser, maybe I'm an apologist. I don't know for for Klingon uh, penal treatment, but uh, I don't know. Um, but we'll get into the episode uh, at zero minutes and zero seconds, and we are slap bang in with an Archer abduction. My name is Jonathan Archer. question he's been abducted he's been taken again uh so Kanama and now this yes. and various others uh in between um yeah so archer abduction straight or off the bat he's yep. on trial accused of conspiring against the klingon empire and da, 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 it's Star Trek Six. I mean, Enterprise in the credits. So, any thoughts on the cold open? Did it sort of thrill you that we were going to get a Klingon episode? Well, it's difficult to say because I can't remember what I thought at the time. Mm. When I saw it this time, I thought, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> so, maybe maybe the first time I was like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> but I honestly can't remember. So, uh, I'm going to go no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird with the with uh, Klingons and Bajorans when it's a big focused episode on the Bajorans or the Klingons, and it's not necessarily I don't want to say just you know battles and shooties, uh, shooty shooty pew pews, but you know when it's not that and it's trying to delve into the culture, they don't seem to get it right or, or at least captivating for me. Um, other people might find it that way. Um, whenever they did a Kira episode of, of like a Bajoran story, it was really interesting because it's about freedom fighting and this sort of thing. It was a personal journey. But whenever they just started focusing on the religious aspects and the castes, uh, and then with the, this, the Klingon thing, and it's just about, you know, is this honorable all the time? It kind of feels like you're being hit over the, you know, the head with a sledgehammer. Um, and I just feel like there's very few notes they seem to play. There's nothing granular about those two kinds of stories that um so you know it's a prejudice i have so as soon as i hear klingon episode i'm like okay let's get through this one and as soon as i hear bajoran episode or when i hear the word vedic burial that's when i have it that's when i really get that feeling that's interesting 
Interesting. I, I quite like the um, the Bajoran stuff on DS9. Mm. I, I think Baraio is a bit boring. I'll give you that. He's a bit, you know. But like Kai Win. Oh, Kai Win. Well, wow, that's a whole other ball she game. Is, as yeah. A, you know, truly, truly, just the most worst person in the universe. <laughs> I mean, you know. I still, I, I quite enjoy that stuff actually. Yeah, we, obviously, at some point in the the far distant future, we will get to this. And if they keep releasing series in the twenty third century, yeah, we're, we're never going to get there. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> so I'll never have to watch those ever. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's just something about it. It's one of those things when you see the the write up, the blurb of the episode. I'm already marking it down. You know, we don't do marks out, you know, points here on, on Temple right. Trek. It's more of a general feeling of how we felt about the episode. Uh, but I would already be marking it down if it were okay. a clear. So yeah, just something. Uh, we open up after the credits and it's a cell scene and Flox has come in. So we're already getting Flox. We get this idea that there's um, a Starfleet and Vulcan, a high commander sort of lobbying to get the captain back, that there's something unjust going on. I do like the Phlox managed to spook the guard by saying that, oh, you're highly contagious. So I'm going to need to make sure and do these tests. Um, and uh, Hertzer turns up. Martok, I mean, Kolos turns up. Uh, uh, any thoughts on sort of the, the comedy moment with the guard and Phlox? Um, no, not really. Uh, again, it was... For me, it was quite stock. It was quite sort of. I, I, I didn't know why why they were in it. Really, I mean, other than to let you know that the Enterprise was there, I suppose. Sure. But you know, why would they let the, his doctor mm. visit him? Why wouldn't they not just have a Klingon doctor? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he didn't give her monkeys and just you know. I, yeah, I'm I'm surprised that 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 I don't I can't imagine the Klingons being quite so accommodating as that you know with flocks yes he's a doctor he will be recognized and things like this i was wondering why they didn't sort of uh set up the escape at the very beginning and have mayweather you know the person that mm. not even the klingons would know anything about because we don't know anything about him as his nurse you know as his assistant right, yes okay. and he he slips him like a you know if you're going to yeah. go full hog with star trek six he slips yep. him the viridian patch yes so we can track your movements and we know where you are because uh, the Klingons haven't worked that one out, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there, there could have been more of a setup. And it's like, oh, that's what he was slipping in. It was like, yeah, of course, that makes sense now. Um, but yeah, I just felt like there, there could have been more to set it up, but we already know that something's gone wrong yes. and that Kolos has got a sort of uh, mount a defence, even though he's never met Archer or yes. spoken with Archer. Yeah. Or listened to Archer in any way. <laughs> Uh, we get the first court scene and Archer isn't allowed to speak. We get mm. uh, Prosecutor Auruk uh, and he calls up Juras. This is the first sort of instance where it's proper, you know, we are calling back to everything that's happened before. Yes. Um, do you feel it should have been Juras? Do you feel it should have been just some other commander or it could have been a different reference in some way? Is that two on the nose? Yes, in a way, because... It- I mean, that's one of the problems with the Klingons, isn't it, in, in, in Star Trek? I think they've never really developed the Klingons. Mm. The Klingons have been in it a fair bit. You know, obviously, it was a little bit in TOS. Well, obviously, with Wolf yeah. in uh, TNG and DS9. Mm. And there was, you know, in DS9, there was quite a sort of ex- extended sort of period with the Klingons involved and stuff. But they never really, you know, using Duras 
is a bit, I don't know, lazy, naff. I don't know what it is. You know, there's why I go back to the Duras family. I mean, I know that Klingons are, are, are houses and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. but you know, there's there must be millions of houses on Klingon on, <laughs> on um, Kronos mm. because you know it's a it's a functioning society. You know, exactly. So yeah, I mean, they didn't need to do that, and I think um, I don't know what I think about it really. I think it's it doesn't matter. Let's mm. put it that way. But yeah. you know, it it just shows there's no attempt to dig into the world of the Klingons really at all. Yeah, I I thought that maybe they were going to make it that Orak was related to Duras in some way, and that's why he's defending him, and that's why he's being so snarky, right. and it's an extra reason to hate him and you know be against him in this episode. Um, but it you know it it just feels like it's just thrown in there, and it doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. And if no. if Duras is so unbelievably stupid as they're making him out to be, even the prosecutor says you should have been demoted. Yeah. Um, and and Duras is is this untrustworthy Klingon. Surely the Duras family would have been like gotten rid of centuries before they've yeah. really become a threat to the galaxy uh, later in the TNG years. It just feels a bit a bit of a wasted opportunity to try and yeah. do something else. Yeah. Um, now, this is where we get memories instead of footnotes. Now, if you do want to treat this as a timestamp, I am not because this is testimony and it's memory. And as we did yeah. with the seventh, that's a bit fallible. That's not necessarily the truth. But if you do, uh, you start at zero uh, minute, uh, zero seven minutes and 34 seconds, then stop at eight minutes, 25, then nine minutes to six seconds, uh, up to 10 minutes, 38. And we get things like um, this is the battle cruiser enterprise. Uh, I don't care about uh, your emperor, you know, death to your empire, yeah. joining your ancestors in the afterlife, things that Archer you can't even imagine him pulling it off. Like, no. even the fact they they filmed Scott Bakula making those yeah. scenes, it, it it's still unbelievable. It's not something that would happen. I don't believe Scott Bakula could say it properly, and I don't believe Archer could say it properly. No. But we kind of get some truth in it, in that they did use a torpedo and they sort of fired it around the thing. And that's the one consistent thing in both of the testimonies we hear. Do you feel like that's believable, that Enterprise could make up that kind of cool tactic? Because at the moment, they've been outmatched for the last two seasons. Again, I mean, by this point, you know, you would be learning tricks. You'd be, I mean, I've, you know, you'd, you'd have your weekly weekly meeting, wouldn't you? Mm. Discussing tactics, I think. And, you, you know, and Reed hopefully would be, you know, rather than just, you know, drinking in the mess hall and, and uh, <laughs> inappropriately approaching female officers, he would be uh, actually sort of studying tactics and, and, you know, and trying to work out things. But, yeah, I think... Um, no, I, I can live with that, definitely. I don't yeah. have a problem with that at all, because I think... Um, and you would, you know, by this point, again, I think you'd have experience. You, you'd think on your feet. Hmm. You know, so I think, no, I think that's 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 fine for me. Do you feel like, you know, because he's got so many um, HR harassment claims against him, like Reed was just after a win at this point. Yes, exactly. And so I need to blow something up, and then people will be on yeah. my side again, and everything's yeah. fine. Juris is dismissed and, you know, uh, you should have been killed for your uh, ineptitude, as the prosecutor yeah. said. So I did like that. We actually kind of got to like Orak a little bit for that one. <laughs> they incite him as fermenting rebellion, siding with yep. these uh, traitors to the Empire. Uh, Archer can't help himself, though, and he does speak up. And that does seem to be the theme of the episode, like always sticking his nose in where it's not wanted. And, <laughs> and I was wondering if the Klingons are the first people to properly put a finger on 
what Archer's character actually is. He's just an interfering busybody. Could this be the kind of captain he is? Ah, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, he's he definitely jumps in two footed, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. He, um, yeah, he, he he jumps to moral conclusions quite quickly and Very goes true. with them. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, maybe they they finally worked out who Archer is. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it explains Papa Archer because he's always getting yeah. in other people's business. So he's always looking after yeah. his crew. Maybe they don't want him to get involved in their personal affairs, which he did in Stigma, which he did with T'Pol, which he's done with everybody yeah. else. Um, he's always getting involved in Tripp's love life and talking to him about that. Maybe that's it. Maybe he annoys everyone by talking about water polo all the time. Yeah. Uh, and yes, like you say, he's always getting involved in these conflicts that have got nothing to do with him. I think the Klingons have finally answered the question. But there we go. Um, we finally get pain sticks. We, we the do. first time we get Hooray. some, some pain sticks, um, as we will probably see if we ever get to the TNG era. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quite a few times after that. Uh, back in the cell, we get a Targ underdone being served to Archer. Um, not the most appetizing world. I was seeing hair on your yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But a good prop. I thought it was yes. adequately disgusting. You know, yes. it looked like you could probably try and eat it, but mm, no. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to like a, um, a Toby Carvery or anything where they've they've got like the meat there and it's just not it doesn't look appetizing it's just not the right thing it's like i think i'll leave that thanks very much (laughs) but that that's what it put me in mind of there was an interesting thing like uh, archer was refusing to go along with what their play was going to be because he wants to defend the um the people that he took in the 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 refugees and it sort of seemed like a same or similar play that topol was doing in stigma like she will plead that certain case and she won't go any further because it will stigmatize the other people, the mind melders, the the 1% that was in their society. He also doesn't want to plead a certain way so that it protects mm. the rebels. I was wondering if that was either a callback or at least that's what he's sort of uh, learning as a character from to Paul, that maybe there's a way he should hold back. Um, Maybe, but is it just that he doesn't like Klingon bullies? I think, yeah, actually, I think you might have hit the nail on the head there. I think that might be more more likely that he just, you know, yeah, I think you're right. I think I don't think it's a callback. I think it, you know, it, it, again, it's his sort of moral morality thing, isn't it? He's very moral. Mm-hmm. So he would, you know, he would stand up for that, those people, you know, that that's what he'd do. And I think he would take it right to the, the end, you know, he would, he would sort of die for his beliefs. Mm. which is yeah. interesting because they never actually mentioned that as like a defense of him that he would actually die for his belief that could be quite an honorable thing to yeah. cling on to and things yeah. like that um colos as advocate um is saying that um the courts are not as honorable as they used to be he sort of harkens back to these golden days that he sort of talks about we don't get a flashback we don't sort of find out anymore about young colos and and what he was going through uh which is fine you know it's all done through J.G. Hertzler's performance. Speaking of that, was this good? Did you feel that he distinguished Kolos from Martok? Or was it still just, this is Martok, the early years? You know, it just felt like a different different version of Martok. Um, No, I felt like he was a rounded character. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, he he plays Klingons very well. Mm. And I think, so he brought he brought that knowledge of what a Klingon is. So there was a sort of echo, I suppose. Mm. 
but no, I felt like he was a distinct character, definitely. I mean, I you know by the sort of end of it, I didn't really notice the voice too much. You know, it didn't. Mm. You know, I, I no, I think he did a good job there, actually, definitely. Mm. Yeah, um, I I love JG Hurts. I love that voice. I think the gravelly voice. I wish, I wish I had a voice like that. Um, <laughs> God, I'd be raking it in with all the voice work. Um, but it, it this also was a scene where Archer was talking about Klingon society like he'd never heard of it before. Mm. And it kind of felt like he'd forgotten all of the research he'd done in Sleeping Dogs. And it's like, well, it's only a year ago, mate. Come on, you... You know, you read up that entire page. You missed out the 1,200-page document during Ceasefire. Surely you remember the Klingon document that you were reading intensely <laughs> that week. Um, uh, but Kolos, back in the court, now calls for honour in the court. And he's challenging their sort of honourless ways and their, their, their way to sort of, I know, uh, create a, um, a very visual court. There, it seems to be a court of spectacle. Um, yes. And it's almost like, you know, if this were being televised across Kronos... Um, they are playing up to the cameras as opposed to yep. actually delivering any kind of justice. And Kolos is calling him out on it. Yep. Um, and it, it felt really believable and really nice. Yep. And then we get Archer's testimony. And I say testimony. I'm not saying account of how it actually happened, because if you want to do this, it starts at 18 minutes, 19 seconds, then to 20 minutes, two seconds, then 20 minutes, 59 to 21, 59, then 22, 41 to 23, 37, then 24 minutes 05, it marries up at Juris's account up to 26 minutes and one second. So if you want to go back and do that, by all match. But the reason I am not counting it as reality is um, the first thing that Reed says in the little briefing is, is there any chance of us running away? That's not Reed. That's not Reed. <laughs> Archer is the one who says we need to take a tactical solution. That's not reality. Reed is the one who had said that. Um, so it's clearly not real. And that's the reason I'm not doing it. Um, there are other reasons as well. And we'll come to that in a moment. Uh, we go into sick bay. We also talk to these sickly aliens and we get uh, an account of these left behind, these forgotten uh, colonists. Um, any thoughts on the aliens, the makeup? Was it was it interesting this week or was it just felt like a bit very basic? No, I, I really quite like the makeup, actually. I thought it was pretty cool. Mm. Um, they made a decent effort for a very fleeting appearance. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I quite liked it actually. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, it it seemed like a lot of work, especially yeah. with that throat sort of ridge mm. system. And I was wondering if this was the start of their attempt to maybe do the Klingon explanation. You know, I know that this is very con you know contentious about you know the the smooth heads and the ridges and all this sort of yep. stuff. They they were a very ridged alien, but they had smoother mm. foreheads. And I was wondering if this was going to be the start of the attempt or attempt, uh, Enterprise trying to attempt that the Klingons intermingle with all these other species and they get smoother. And, you know, this isn't necessarily what will play out and what we get in season four will actually be the explanation. But the way that makeup looked is the ridges moved down and the smooth was over. Oh. And I was wondering if that was where they were going with that design. That's interesting. I can't imagine they had that much forethought to be no. <laughs> This episode is so lazy, I can't give them that yeah. credit. But yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Archer is accused of having contempt for um, uh, Klingon compassion. Uh, and uh, I do like the way that JG Hurts sort of spits that out. 
Uh, the D5 cruiser uh, is coming up. So not D7, as we've got to know uh, later on in, in other seasons. Um, did you like the design of the Klingon ship? Does it look believable that this is like the early stages in the same way that the NX-01 would become, you know, constitution in 100 mm. years time? Does this D5 kind of look like it fits that that lineage? Yeah, I think so. I, to be honest with you, I didn't even really notice it, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, so I, I'm, I can't say that I've um, it's burned into my memory or anything. It's uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I can, it, I can again, I can live with it. It's a bit gnarly. It's not got like plating everywhere. There's there's bits jutting out, and it feels like, very much more like a Star Wars ship. You know, yes, like it I like it's actually that. been through a war. It's actually been through battle, yeah. and it's a bit scarred up and things like that, which makes it more believable, I think, as a Klingon mm. vessel. Um, it's not smooth lines and everything like that that we might get later in other in other ships. Reed is uh, studying the schematics and uh, uh, asks uh, if we could run again. Like he's also saying, like maybe we should turn away because this isn't a good. So twice, twice Reed actually suggests not getting into a fight with them. So clearly, it's not a real account of what's going on. Um, there is a direct callback to Sleeping Dogs, however, so you could argue yep. maybe it's real there, and uh, that Reed had sort of uh, checked out the schematics for modified torpedoes, and maybe we could yep. use that as well. Um, Duros was threatening them, other unlike Duros's account, uh, and it's far more believable. Like the way it plays, the way that Duros has held himself in the court already, you can see that as more reality. So if you do want to argue that case, come back at us, tweet at us, get involved. You know, feedback, please. Um, do you think that this is an actual account? If it isn't, I'm still not recording this episode again, but you can allow for the uh, the timestamps and I will consider it as we go. Um, but Kolos says he is guilty, but he's only guilty of meddling in Klingon affairs. And he calls back directly to Broken Bow, Sleeping Dogs again. So almost a third reference to Sleeping Dogs there. Yep. And that it's a pattern of behavior. And again, yep. it seems like they've really cornered who Archer is. He's self-righteous. His behaviour is uh, erratic, but he did once save the Empire. Do you think that's a good defence? I think it makes sense within Klingon law, don't you? I think um, honour, you know, is honour as, um, as important as we're sort of led to believe, which, I, you know, it is, I think. Then I think um, that would that would definitely play. Yeah, I think it would. I think, um, you know, a person's character you know, what they've done for the Empire mm. would be important. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it shows that he's got a wider sense of honour, I suppose, mm. um, that maybe the Klingons do owe him. I I am surprised that they didn't bring up um, the Klingon um, freighter captain that they managed oh, to yes, yeah. uh, outthwart. You know, if they're going to go back through the Pantheon and look at all yep. the interactions he's had, why didn't they bring up the fact that he also exposed this honourless trader? Mm you know, that this has come to pass and, you know, it's been fed down the line. Um, if it kind of feels like he could have also made a case that, like, he's been, you know, correcting for people's mistakes all the time. He did it with Juris. He did it with this other guy. You know, he, he's constantly calling out our sense of honour um, and that makes him even more, more honourable. You know, it, he's, yeah. a better, he's a better version of Klingons than we are. And then you could have held Kolos in contempt and sort of said, yeah, how dare you suggest such a thing and all this kind of thing. Um but yeah, it's it was interesting. The actual Klingon system, though, does that make sense that you wouldn't be able to mount a defence when the prosecutor's calling it? Like in in our courts, we have cross examination. So as the testimony is read out, you get the cross examination there and then. 
But this case, you have all of the prosecution against you one day, and then you can mount a defence if they let you uh, the next day. Does that kind of make sense? I think it does for Klingons, yeah. I think it does. Um, and I'm desperately trying to work out why. <laughs> but um, it does to me. Yeah, I think I can see that, definitely. I think it's... Um, yeah, it, it may... You know, because, again, I think it's a bit like Cardassian, in, in, but in a very mm. different way. Cardassians yeah. sort of believe that the state is perfect. Mm. I don't think that's the case for Klingons. Think you know the, the the fact that there's there's civil wars and there's always sort of stuff going on is that so, but what I do think is that I think that the Klingon would believe that there's a purity or a, an honour to the 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 accusation. You know, it wouldn't the accusation mm. wouldn't, be, wouldn't be made dishonourably. Mm. So if yeah. it's an honourable accusation, then it's probably true. So that you know, do not question this. This is my account yeah. of things, and then you know you'll have your time. You'll have your yeah. chance to retaliate um, the next day. Um, mm. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. The only reason I bring that up is that we have just had uh, over here in the UK and in Europe and across to Australia the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> we have, and uh, I am a big sucker for it. I haven't always been, and only in the last ten years I've sort of got into it, and all the batshit crazy that it does. Yeah. Um, uh, and yes, we did very well. We came second we for did. the first time in years. Yeah. Uh, but the only reason I bring it up is that year on year, they always say the earliest acts always get forgotten. Mm. You know, it mm. usually comes down to the last 10 performers who are still in the recent memory. Yes. And it just seems odd to give all day to um, the accusers. Um, and now they weren't intending to give Archery's say, and, and actually they were just going to try him right there and then. But you've now got another day where new testimony is more fresher in the yes. you know the judge's memory, and I was wondering if that is a big fallibility to this process. Mm. That it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't be able to question it there and then. That yeah, it seems a very unusual court system. Given that the Klingons are combative, why isn't it back and forth, back and forth all the time? Yeah, that's very interesting. Again, I'm putting way much more thought into this than I probably you are, yes. Than I probably should, but you know, trying to mine it for anything we can, uh, delithal yeah. mine it maybe. Um, there you go. Uh, the, he's a victim of his own fool, foolishness, uh, yeah. guilty as charged, and sentenced to Rura Pente. Uh, of course, it's Rura Pente. Um, though, uh, Kolos is also found in contempt because he feels mm. that they are being honourless and they haven't actually given him his due. Um, yeah. Do you feel that that was believable? That was a bit of a swing that he would have done that far for Archer. Like he stood up, Archer helped him sort of question it. Mm. But you know, did it all just take one speech from Archer to push him over the edge? I know what you mean, and I think you're probably right. In reality, it, he may have pushed, but not maybe quite as far. Mm. I think for the story, it does make sense. Mm. You know, yeah. the, you know, he's he. He obviously is, well, obviously, I'm not sure obviously is the right word, but he, he is disillusioned. Mm. You know, at the beginning, he's, you know, he's not even going to bother asking Archer what, you know, he, he just, he's just turning up. He's just, you know, mm. and maybe that he needs that, that sort of push, that thing to say, hang on a minute, actually, this isn't right. And, and you know, do you know what I mean? So I think, mm. yeah, I, I can see that. But I think it is partly for the story. I mean, it's, you know, I don't think Archer would have, 
convinced him that much, but mm. I think he would have pushed. For me, it is that trap of 45 minutes of storytelling, yeah. trying to condense it down and trying to make it believable that he would turn around. It probably could have been more interesting if there had been a junior prosecutor or a junior sort of assistant to Kolos, who is much more capitulating and things like that. And Kolos is constantly questioning things. It's like, you're mm. going to get into trouble. You know, you had this problem yeah. last week when you were defending so-and-so. And, yeah, yeah. and this was a pattern of behaviour. I think that could have been a quicker way of making mm. it believable that he would suddenly change for Archer and that this is a big case. Uh, so this is the time to stand up for things. Um, I just feel like that that's a little niggle that I probably would have, mm. you know, just woven in there. Yep. Uh, um, back on Enterprise to Paul is with the Vulcan High Command. She's still trying to get uh, them to lobby for Archer. Uh, Reed immediately wants to launch a rescue. Now that's Reed. That's that Reed. is Reed. That's Reed. Um, but they're back at Ruripente. Uh, I think cut price Ruripente compared to Star Trek Six. Um, either <laughs> yeah, they definitely. either they took like the the visuals from that movie and then just plonked in a really bit of dodgy CGI, or they just made it out of styrofoam because it just they didn't did, look. They, yeah. It really yeah. didn't look convincing whatsoever. Uh, they're using actual pickaxes to mine yes. for dilithium. It's not not space pickaxes, not lasers. Or, you know, phasers or, or maybe even a mechleth. That would have been quite cool. Yeah. Just someone attacking a rock with a mechleth. <laughs> but pickaxes, it felt like we'd gone back to the 17th century or something. It was so weird. Um, Archer picks a fight with a guard, so he's still keeping his you know nose in where it's not wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, all humans this stupid or is it just you? Yeah. This sort of moment between Kolos and they're, they're gelling together uh, just before uh, somebody arrives uh, on, into the, the camp because they managed to bribe an official because T'Pol's got her security clearance. Remember the seventh? She's got her security clearance. Um, but uh, he can't restore honour because he'll be a fugitive, so he has to remain. And we get sort of the downbeat ending, uh, but the honourable ending, I suppose, yes. as well. Any thoughts on the, the escape from Murapente? Well, I'm going to be honest with you here mm -hmm. and say that I was re-watching this yesterday and I gave up as uh, just, just as... Um, um, Reader entered. I, 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 I sort of put it on pause, went off to do something, and I didn't bother watching the rest of it. <laughs> Don't worry, because guess what? They didn't escape. They just left out the door. They didn't. They, there was no like phaser fight, pew pews. There wasn't like a, you know, I'm going to jump this Klingon and there's going to be this Klingon prisoner who's going to come in and seize his opportunity. No, they just left out the door. It seemed. I mean, considering yeah. this is the last episode of 2152, it seems a very fitting end that they just walked out. Yeah. They just gave up. They just walked <laughs> off. Uh, of the turd sandwiches we've had this year in yes. 2152, it seems a very fitting end. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the episode? Do you know what? <laughs> He's hanging his head, people. You can't it's, see him. <laughs> it, it's just not, it's not a good episode, made no. worse by the fact that it's just a carbon copy. <laughs> you know it just it yeah it, it's bad it's bad mm. and um, i'm glad i'm not gonna have to watch it again <laughs> i can't remember what the next episode is but i'm hoping for better yeah yeah same i think it this is the upward swing uh, and right. i think that our next few episodes are now sort of getting a little bit more interesting mm. uh, i think we've got breach next i'm gonna have to check that one because we are obviously taking a little break as we go somewhere else uh, after this yes. episode. Uh, but I will have to check that. 
Um, and the breach is sort of a heavy flocks episode. And I think I, oh. I, I seem to recall yes. liking this one. So oh, I'm I gonna, like this one. Yeah. yeah. I think if it's the one I think it is, I like mm. this one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that that's my review of the episode. Really. <laughs> Just, it's not a great episode. It's okay. It's not a great episode, but it's made worse. It is. It's made much worse because it's a, it's a rip off. Mm. It's so lazy. Mm. And it's so, I mean, I suppose to some degree to give them some kind of credit is that, you know, how do you do a Klingon um, courtroom drama without referencing the, the courtroom drama, you know? Yeah. Um, but equally, they could have made effort to make it a little bit, you know, just changing where he went to, mm. even that would, would help. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to our recommendations. <laughs> I was thinking, what if it had been the other way around and Kanemar was after this episode and okay. this was this was the rescue um, right. that actually he escapes by, you know, divine providence that this guy doesn't want to go back to Ruripente. We never see Ruripente and that they escape and that Kolos sort of takes the Kanemar transport and delivers them to Ruripente and just say, right. you, you know, Archer was killed or Archer was, you know, um, you know he managed to escape somehow. Um, and you know he was able to keep his honor by re- delivering the prisoners, but you know he's proved his point. But Archer still gets away, and then that way, one we do away with Kanama, um, <laughs> which we weren't impressed with in the first place anyway. And it could have been an interesting two-parter to then develop Kolos and see why mm. he had that magical turn at the end of the episode. We get a bit more backstory to him and why he was so eager to to stand up for this human as opposed to you know, uh, countless Klingons that he'd been defending before. Yes, so with that, we go to consequences. Your analogy is very colourful, Captain, but I question whether it addresses the consequences. Consequences, 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 consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. Any consequences this episode? I, you know... I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Very little, doesn't it? I mean, I know that this will be called back. I know that this does come up later. I mean, I suppose the only consequence is not the right word, but again, you know, more experience with the Klingons. Yeah. Klingons, more experience with the humans. Mm Mm-hmm. But it... No, there's no consequence to this. It's you know, they, as you say, I, I didn't even bother watching, but they they <laughs> walk out the door, and that's the end of it. Yeah, it's you know, we learn about a caste system for the very first time in Klingon society, and I don't think it's ever referenced again in any no, future. I don't think so either. Like directly, um, I, oh, I think there is one where when we do get the Klingon explanation for the smooth head and ridged oh, yes, heads. Yeah, yeah. I think there is the Doctor character. Yes, he, I think you might be right, yeah. And he says he's from the Doctor cast or the medical cast. But I don't think it, it, it's not a vital part of the episode. No. It's just, you know, a character beat. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anything else that um, seems consequential. Um, a human gets tried. A human's yep. going to get tried in years to come as well. A very famous captain of another enterprise. Um, because it's you know exactly the same as the movie, just cut price TV movie version. Um, yeah, maybe political ties. You know, you know, there's there's going to be some thing of like extradition treaties and all this stuff. But ultimately, 
you know, we know that the Klingons are going to be at war with us for a while. So yeah, extradition treaties are probably not going to matter anymore. Uh, I can't see it having a big consequence in that regard. No. After consequences, alterations and expansions. Now, we have covered quite a bit of saying, you know, it's too much of a carbon copy. We yeah. could change this, change that. Would you want to have seen Kolos maybe have him return in a year's time that he did survive a repente, have another Klingon story, but this time it's about restoring honour to something else? Not if it did it as badly as this one. <laughs> is the honest answer. Um <laughs> My alterations would be would be quite simple, really. Just, you know, obviously, you know, you can't help but see the similarities mm-hmm. between the two, the two things. So why not at least make some effort to, to avoid that to a degree? Mm. And that's all. You know, yes, I mean, if you're going to make a Klingon trial show episode, mm. then yes, you're going to see, you know, um, what's the word? There's going to be echoes, you know. But at least sort of make some effort to 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 take that away, change the story a little bit, you know. Do you know? But don't mm. just copy it mm. badly. And the set design, I mean, it could have yeah. echoes of it, but it was yeah. almost a beat for beat. It was exactly the same redesign, yeah. smaller, but a yeah. redesign at exactly the same circle, the same yeah. height of the the thing. Um, all right, only one level of Klingons, not yep. 16 heights like we get in yeah. the movie, because uh, obviously they can't afford that many extras. But, um, yeah, it's it should have been, I think, smarter with its yeah, references. Exactly. You know, instead of the big ball uh, got a, yep. a gamut, you just sort of have a smaller one, you know, and just have, oh, that's obviously becomes the big thing in Star Trek Six, yeah. And, you know, maybe have it over a barrel, have it like a drumhead trial that it's a bit yep. thrown together at the last yep. minute. Uh, because of whatever happened in that uh, mine, uh, the, the asteroid field and things like that. It it, it feels too rehearsed and it feels too lazy. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, this is about 100 years before. Exactly. If you think about, I mean, our courts are traditional to say the least, but they have mm-hmm. changed over that 100 years. Yep. You know, and, and you know, I, I take that into account, you know, make it, as you say, maybe make it a little bit more rough and ready or, yeah, you know, whatever you know but just make some kind of effort to at least distinguish it yep from, from the movie i remember the 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 translators in star trek 6 like we didn't get that but they they just took that as red that they could translate i think it would have been nice to have had it in klingon mm. and had maybe hoshi brought down to translate for the captain yeah. involve hoshi one and also yep. just have it a bit more um you know the archers on the back foot because he doesn't quite understand where they're coming from and yeah. that plays into the whole fact that he doesn't see their way of looking at life. It's only his morality that, that counts. It's also the language barrier. He still mm. doesn't understand them. Um, I think it just could have been an interesting way of doing it. And then yeah. when Kolos and, and he are talking in the cell, they've got a translator. So it makes sense they can just talk. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. So recommendations. Do we recommend to Star Trek fans as a good episode of Star Trek? No. 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 No, you I'm, can't. Just gonna, I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say no again. No. <laughs> and just to just to reiterate the point, no. <laughs> so to non-Star Trek fans, are you, are you a big fan? No, that's fine. No. No. Okay, fair enough. There we go. But yeah. Just just in case anyone's not sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna have that echo as if it's going through a, a Klingon court up to 16 yeah. feet high. Um 
yeah same it's so it's so boring it's so uh, basic it's a, a carbon copy of a much better movie exactly just show the movie exactly you get exactly the same beats yeah. um other than the fact that their prosecutor doesn't actually go to jail with them so you know and, and you know and and, and the, the thing with the movie they mm. also if, if you're talking about new new fans mm. it works much better because pe- everybody knows about kirk and everyone knows about spock and, and bones and stuff so actually it would it would that would help you know because mm-hmm. you go oh i know i've heard of captain kirk you know this hasn't got anything to make it a, a sort of introduction at all. Mm. I remember so, when we did our future perspective, we were talking about these episodes mm. and I said, you know, I was surprised they didn't do the, the clip show that they mm. didn't do all the, the previous missions, you know, this pattern yeah. of behavior. And that yeah. actually was like a, a recap of enterprise up to this point. If it had been that, do you think it would have been better for a non-Star Trek fan? I was like, Oh, you so don't worry. You missed season one and two. You can catch up now. Ooh, that's an interesting question. Depends how well it was done. <laughs> as, as with all things with Enterprise, you know, was it a sort of a seventh or was it, I'm trying to think of a good episode. Um, oh, God. <laughs> well, that's just it. Like, the only clip show I could think of is Shades of Grey. Yes. And obviously Shades of Grey is Shades of Grey and it's not yes. a great episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if it had been done in a believable way, it's like, oh, when you made this decision on yeah. this this day... Uh, this is another instance of Archer being you know, stupid and all this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I just feel like maybe that could have that could have been an interesting way of distinguishing it from uh, Star Trek Six and, and had yes. it more about it's almost Enterprise on trial. You know, yes. Okay, what yeah. have you been doing yeah. and all this kind of stuff? Um, it, it might have been a bit more stock and even more stock than what we got yeah. uh, because Literally lots of stock. other series do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the stock. Literally yeah. stock images. Why didn't we get that? Archer in the stocks, just he's constantly <laughs> sitting there. And there's a mech left just above his head, and if he moves just too much, it's <laughs> straight down. Uh, um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, it so, criteria's done. Uh, yes. We've got our S's, our sales and setups. So, yes. sell your podcast. Where can people find you? Where can you find me? You can find me at Academic Trek 47 on Twitter. And you can find the podcast where you find the podcasts, wherever it might be that you go to find your podcasts. Podcast Cafe, the Podcast Market, you know, wherever That's you it. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The and Black so- Market. <laughs> the Black Market. Podcast podcast. Black Market, yeah. Academic tricks. Yeah, try it, try it, yeah, try it. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm here on Temple Trek with Nexus Knights, obviously, with Dan as well. We do yeah. uh, extra Treco Babble talk. We do. All of the shows that are coming out, we've got a, a gluttony of shows that are coming uh, our way, yes. and uh, as well as other podcasts like Epsilon Three and Cosmic Pizza on the ESO Network, and that's it. So setting up for the next week. Now we are jumping out of Enterprise. We are not going back into twenty one fifty three. We are taking a stop because there has been some temporal timey wiminess going on, and yes. the. The bloody makers of Star Trek have gone back in time. So you have to go back in time as well. So we are traveling back to the year 2024. Now, it's a really weird thing because when I made the episodes in 2024 doing past tense for DS9, I labeled them as 03A and episode 03B because it's a two-parter, which means if I just call it episode three, it will land perfectly in that time. It's almost like I knew that they were going to time travel back to 2024. There we go. <laughs> but 
Join us next week as yes. we are in season two, episode three of this podcast, going back yes. in time, and season two, episode three of the card. Episode it, three? Episode it two. is episode three, yes. Is it? Because at 10 minutes and five seconds in episode three is when they actually appear in 2024. Is it? I thought I, it was episode two they went back. That's so did funny. I. I went to like the very end of episode two. It's like, oh, they must pop out of the... The, yeah. the time vortex and it's like yeah you know, that technically is five seconds we see earth and then they crash nope it is 10 minutes and five seconds of episode ah, three okay. so that's all right one less episode we have to review yes indeed yes um i will send you all the time stamps as well uh, i look forward to it this is just going to be one continuous look at picard we're just going to chat and chat and chat i don't know how i'm releasing the episodes whether it's going to be one a week whether it's going to be two a week because there's gonna be a lot of content mm. Mm, we will see yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, it's episode two, episode three, all the way up to the end of the season. So then we find. Are we not going to go in episode by episode? I think we, can we go, should. We can go episode by episode. It I, makes I it much easier. Yeah, because that's what we've been doing so far. Very. I true. think we. Yeah, I think we should do that. I think we should be. So it's going to be what seven episodes or whatever yeah. it is. I think there's two episodes where there's it's almost happens in the same day, so we could treat that as one episode. Right. Uh, because there's that big bit where it's in Picard's head, which is obviously oh, yes. just yeah. two minutes of time in our yeah. reality. So that really doesn't count as a as a look yeah. in. Uh, so I might be relying on you to do another dream talk like we did in Vanishing <laughs> Point, just to let me know. Um, but that's it. So join us as the La Serena crashes into Earth at 10 minutes and five seconds. As always, thank you very much for listening. Um, yes. And uh, we'll see you in the next time stream. We certainly will. Here we go, Picard. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I was one of the first of the new treks. Yes, yeah. bit of a break from Enterprise. Ah, going to be very yeah. cool. Yeah. And I think needed. I think after the turd sandwich, I think it's yes. needed, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Canamar and oh. Judgment have oh, been God. poor. Crossing was okay, but... Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Yeah, but I think we've got better season three to come. So I'll just yeah, we have. I, yeah. I, I'm going to go, going to go with my heart and say yes. I'm looking forward to season three of Enterprise. Going to go with that faith of the heart. Fair enough. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to stop the recording. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at rider underscore coattail. Also search the Temple Trek podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream. <laughs>